Welcome, everybody, to the Robert John and the Wreck podcast. We are a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California, that travels the world eating local foods, drinking local drinks, and melting faces. I'm Steve. I'm Henry. I'm Andrew. I'm Robert. I'm Warren. And this is episode number 77. 77. Yeah. Pew, pew. Damn. These are my sevens. Birds. Really racking them up. They start flying by. I felt like we just talked about 52. And now we're at 77. I know, right? What was on 52? I don't remember. I don't remember either. <laughs> I've, so I've done so many podcasts. So many podcasts. I don't even remember. I just thought before. about number six, and now we're on seventy-two. What are we on? Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Oh. It's like counting the weeks of your life, where you just go like, yeah. "How many weeks have I lived?" Yeah. I wonder if anybody remembers when we used to <laughs> do this, weeks. and we were we were all in the same room together. If anybody is new we actually started this pre-quarantine when we could be in the same room talking to each other which had a nice vibe to it technically we still probably could and we still probably will soon but yeah yeah Episodes i think can... once we all have the vaccine there's no excuse not to or maybe we do like two in person two not in person or something like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> episode yeah. 52 by the way was the one with uh kyle michael neal on there where we told the story of the uh the ship pickle oh yeah. the pickle story that's yeah. a good one and i think that was uh small faces yep yep that was, thinking, that was small right? faces yep oh. that was a man, good week, memory man. that was a good week yeah, i can't remember what i did last week what i did last <laughs> week was uh I did a lot last week. I did. I did a. Uh, I got hired to make this uh, uh, backing track of a bunch of. It's an eight and a half minute medley of songs from a chorus line, the musical, for a musical theater competition. Is it like America. the uh, one? Do 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 do. Yep. That's, that's it. Do 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 do. I only know that because of the Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> I only know most musical jokes because of the Simpsons, to be honest. Yep. It was fun, man. I thought you were singing the Family Guy theme song just now. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was it was a lot of work. Um I haven't done like a fully orchestrated backing track like that in quite a while. Uh ended up being like sixty-two tracks in logic. And uh there's a, a whole art form to getting MIDI sounds to blend and sound even remotely realistic. So that was fun to kind of jump back into all that kind of stuff and got to go through and pick everything out by, by ear. Uh, I did have some sheet music for this one that they, that they gave me, but it was just piano vocal score, which doesn't have all of the bells and whistles and all that kind of stuff. So that was cool. I'm and, sure you loved having something to do. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, man. Like I, I remember we been talking about it the last couple of weeks that it's just i'm such a creature of like being busy and when i'm not busy i do not do very well and so it's been really nice to like have that to do uh ian cullen and i worked on a tune um and finished that up on thursday or wednesday last week and uh put that out on my patreon on thursday and that turned out really rad like super you know anthemic poppy 
uh, song that's really catchy and and was a lot of fun to put together. That we did that whole uh, uh, sample drum kit and stuff with on on his couch and and then uh, Thursday I was up at Treehouse recording and wrote two songs with the guys up there for uh, the new John Philbrick album and that was great. And then yeah, the weekend was was pretty pretty fun. Got my taxes done already. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was productive. I feel like I'm back and a person again, <laughs> which is, which is nice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What about you, Henry? We're all, we're all, we're all, we're all glad you're a person again, Steve. Thank you. Um, it was, I, I'm actually this week, I'm actually feeling the same way. Um, I actually had a pretty productive week last week. Um, I did a little bit of writing and, um, and I actually got to record some guitars, uh, like nice. really loud guitar amps uh, for a singer songwriter and artist in Orange County by the name of Chris Cruz, a singer songwriter fellow. And I just put down some electric guitar on some stuff he was doing um, at a studio up in LA. And it was just, it just felt so good just to like plug my gear in and turn it up. Like if you've played through a tube amp as a guitarist, you know that like the tone zone is a real thing. And you have to literally you have to turn them up to like a certain level in order to get the proper uh, proper saturation of the tubes, because otherwise it's just it doesn't sound correct. It doesn't have the right. It has to be pushing air and it has to have, you know, it's like this whole sort of sort of thing for it to get that thing. And, And I don't even get to turn up that loud when we do rehearsals. So the only place I can really do that anymore is if I have a session at a studio mm-hmm. and it was great. Cause I just threw the guitars in a separate room and turned them up at the level they need to be at to sound uh, their best. And it just felt amazing to like plug my stuff in and, you know, have my rig sound like it was supposed to do and have it mic'd up and coming through my headphones. And um, so it just felt Henry, we bought you a line six pod to plug in direct. <laughs> Does that not sound good? No, it doesn't. It has amp modeling it's on it. It's not good enough, Andrew. It the has an extreme pod, setting. What more do you want? Line six pod. The extreme setting is not extreme enough, Andrew. Yeah, it has it every needs, amp in the world it uh, needs programmed to be into it. More extreme. It's only moderately extreme. It's only She's moderately happy extreme. with anything. It needs to be extremely extreme. I thought your tubes aren't saturated enough. No, it needs stuff that's <laughs> going to saturate my tubes. We're going to get your tubes tied if you don't. That's fine. I don't want to have your... kids anyways. <laughs> you heard it here, ladies. Um, <laughs> and I'm single. Ha ha ha. And then I did uh, did some work with our good friend uh, Adam Ditt on Thursday and Friday, doing some painting. Painted a room down in uh, the Lido Island in Newport Beach, um, which was some, some seriously riveting stuff. Just dipping a paintbrush in white paint and going up all up in those corners, you know. But it was cool to have again to just like have something to do. Honestly, like whether it's work or not, it was just cool to like, Oh yeah. Like this is a clear tangible thing. That's like, I need to get this done in a certain amount of time and like use my hands and like actually, you know, focus on something over a period of time. So it was nice to do that. Um, and then, yeah, it's like was, playing a show. You have to focus yeah, on something exactly. and use your hands exactly. over a certain period of time. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. So it was good. I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good after this last week, uh, which is a rarity because I don't usually do as much stuff as I did. So it felt good to like have stuff to do. Um, how about you, Andrew? Yeah, I feel like that's a real thing. I, I've been working this whole time, working from home. My job didn't get affected right. as much. And I feel like I haven't felt that drop because I just have something to do. Right. And I guess I just sort of take it for granted. You know what I mean? If I was sitting around all day, I'd like really feel it like, because i feel like everyone here is like a doer and a goer yeah. when you take stuff mm-hmm. away from them like it's not a good thing we're not yeah. the type of people to go like oh yeah like i can't you know i i don't ever want to go back to normal life it's just like right. please give me something to do yeah. like, <laughs> it's uh, not like i'm trying you know it's not like i'm not trying to be productive or anything like that like i'm trying to yeah. stay productive and do stuff but there's just gets to a certain point where it's just like what is any of this for anymore? Yeah. Like, where's the tangible, where's the tangible end result of like practicing guitar today or yeah, uh, and then, whatever, you know, like shows are real instant gratification. Like exactly. the hit of high that exactly. is like a real drug. It's why we do yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's going to be some kind of release in mm-hmm. doing it. It's dopamine. And man. you have to sort of like redecide why you do it. Or, like, my brain works in the, like, we don't have any options, so there's no point in even thinking about it. You know what I mean? Like, and I can, like, cut stuff off my brain like that really quickly. But I know normal people can't do that. Or, like, I've just had to, like, retool things so many times. Just go, like, fuck it. Like, let's abandon this. Let's go this way. Let's go that way. Like, uh, yeah. And my job has a lot to do with that kind of stuff. Where it's like, okay, this isn't working anywhere. We, like, literally have to start running in this other direction and do this other thing now. And I've like left jobs and started new businesses and done all this like weird stuff to accommodate. Anyways, I totally understand what you're talking about. Um, I was gonna say we took pictures this weekend. Yeah, we We actually got to go outside. That was something I really, really enjoyed. We went to Irvine Lake and took some pictures, or like that whole area, Silverado Canyon, I think it's called, right? Yeah, Um, Black Star Canyon. Black Star Canyon. You can only play Black Star Amps in Black Star Canyon. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's actually true. Radiohead's Black Star. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, no, uh, but just going outside, and it was like such a clear day. I think it had mm-hmm. rained the day before, or something like that. So, um, yeah, it was just incredibly clear because OC in LA can get really smoggy, and once we have the rain, the rain blows all the smog out, so you get like one or two days of really, really nice, clean, crisp air. And you remember what it's like, why people move there in the first place yeah. instead of why we live there now. Cause it totally sucks now and the quality is not good. But um, yeah, that was fun to just go outside, walk around, be in nature, look at stuff. And yeah, take can, I add, awesome. can, I, can I add a quick funny story story to this photo shoot thing real quick? <clears throat> okay, so we took a photo shoot and we were on a bike path and we're <laughs> We're wearing all of our like gear, like jackets and stuff. We we definitely don't look like we're supposed to be on a bike path and we look like a band. And there's a couple guys who dro- who were biking by and one dude's like, "How's this photo shoot?" like almost like not rousting us, but kind of like pointing it out. And then his other buddy goes, "Oh, hey, I see those guys all the time at the Wayfair. We're actually a really good band." And we're like, "What? Like, how, what are the chances of that happening out in the middle of like nowhere on a Saturday?" I yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was hilarious. 
Oh, I like these guys. I see them at the Wayfair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I knew we had you know fans that are bikers and stuff. I just didn't know that they were those those kinds of bikers. Right. You know? Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> anyway, sorry. That was, that was for you, Robert. That was Whatever. It was pretty funny how many people's like minds it blows just to see someone taking photos somewhere. Yeah, like they're used to Instagram people taking photos. If you see like the you know cute girl taking it in like a fountain or something, no one bats an eye. But you see us like taking photos on a trail, and everyone's like, you know, just has to stop and make a comment about it. <laughs> what are they doing? What? Yeah. It's like, do, do you not think photos are taken? Like, how do you think we get photos? <laughs> uh, anyways, Robert, how was your weekend? It was great. Um, I, I just want to comment on what Henry was saying. Like, you know, if it's not playing shows, I'm, I'm working events. And if it's not events, then I'm not doing much of anything. And so both of those have been taken away. But mm-hmm. um, being able to work with your hands and seeing, like, the finished product is something yes. just as, as gratifying and, like... <clears throat> personally for me, like, like just as great as when, when you can't do those things. So that's why this summer I was doing landscaping uh, and stuff like that, because you still get to use your hands for periods of time and see the instant gratification about what you accomplished, you know, during that period of time. Um, so anyways, I, I totally understand where you were coming from. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. It's just um, seeing like a tangible thing. Like, yeah. Okay. And, and, and working with your hands too. Like, you right. know, it's like you're, you're, right. you're, you're, you're using yourself as the, you know, the tool. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's really important. Um, really. And I wish that that project didn't completely end. Cause I, I think that was helping my mental state when this all first started. Totally. Um, but you know, I had a great weekend. Uh, me and Warren did some, uh, recording, not, not like super crazy recording, but you know, um, at our friends at our buddy's house on Friday and, uh, Saturday we took pictures and got to hang out and get lunch and have a couple of beers, which I feel like is just as needed as, as us rehearsing almost. It just, it feels good to just kind of mm-hmm. sit back and just have a beer with, with you guys when, you know, and not, not just in the room working on stuff or, you know, cause I think that, you know, that's what we get on tour. You know, we, we get to yeah. go play shows, but then before the show we hang out and drink and you know, that night. Even just playing shows, and, we, we more naturally just, uh, well, yeah. hang out. You know what I mean? It's just less stress. But yeah, I yeah. totally get what you're it's saying. It's just something that I, I was thinking about later on that evening because uh, I just went home and, you know, sat on my couch and worked on songs and just kind of vegged out. But I was thinking like, you know, like just as much as we rehearse, you know, we also should be in the, in the time that we that we don't have anything planned to do those things. I think it's really important for us to, you know, go grab a beer or go grab, you know, a meal or something and just be able to have that camaraderie that we get on tour um, or at shows or anything that, you know, it's just, I think it's important. At least it's important for me. So, um, and uh, yeah. And then uh, Sunday I got to sit in with a buddy's band. They called the Dub Brothers. They're like a hillbilly string band. And I just think they're a lot of fun. They played with us at the coach house. Um, last time we played there. And um, obviously they're really good friends uh, of, of, of the band because Robbie goes on tour and is our uh, driver and uh, moral support. Well, not moral, but support. Um, Good time ambassador. <laughs> um, yeah. um, but it was fun to sit in with them for their, for their gig uh, at Patty's station down in uh, San Juan Capistrano on Sunday, just to, you know, hang out and play some music and have, see people dance and have a good time and kind of forgetting about what we've gone through for the past 12 months. So 
I had a great week. Um, and uh, yeah, Warren, how was your week, man? You guys pretty much covered a lot of the stuff that I did. Uh, we recorded <laughs> except a, for one thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, except for one thing. So I did record um, a practice session on Friday. Did the photo shoot Saturday. Celebrated my sister's birthday, but on Sunday. I did another escape room. I did it with Andrew and Amanda and Wes and Ariel. And it was a doll themed. It was a three story escape room. Whoa. And uh, yeah, it was much different than the one that we did before. And it was like more, uh, the puzzles were a little bit more intense. Um, But Wes's girlfriend is very, very, very good at these things. And she actually, had worked with the at the, this particular one, um, so we blew through it pretty fast. I mean, we we were we had nine and a half minutes left when we finished the escape room, so that was pretty fun. It's kind of like a a new <laughs> little hobby, just hitting the escape rooms. And apparently, there's one in LA <laughs> that's like one of the craziest ones in the world. And there's there's we looked up a couple other ones. There's one in the Netherlands and one in Budapest and and like Shanghai. I think those are like the top five in the world. So maybe if we're on the road in the Netherlands, we got a day off. We should go hit a super crazy escape room. But yeah, it's a pretty fun thing to do. Like right now, like they they kind of do them one one group at a time. So uh, you know, you go on four to six people. It's kind of safe. They wipe everything down. It's kind of a fun thing to go do on a Sunday. Um, yeah, you get to use your brain a little bit. So, how long do they normally take to like, like what? What's the timer set at? They give you forty-five minutes or an hour on most of them. I oh, think cool. ours was an hour, and then after an hour, if you don't get out, then you like lose or whatever. There, you know, there's like a story that goes with it. But yeah, they're pretty cool. Nice. It'd be, <laughs> it would be pretty funny to do like a band one and try to like film it and then just or, put yeah. our music over it. There's a music video right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not very, it's not very entertaining but exactly. someone would watch it but i have a question for you and andrew about this escape room uh before yeah. we talk about what we're drinking and bring on yeah our guest besides guess. ariel because you said that she's really good at this which uh if you're listening and you don't have any idea who we're talking about wes and ariel are good friends <laughs> friends of the bands uh, wes is the lead singer of a band called jeremiah red here in orange county that um if you've been following our existence i'm sure you've heard their name once or twice but um Besides Ariel being good at it, who's the next best person that you went with yesterday that was solving riddles and rhymes and and puzzles? I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Who do you think? I mean, Ariel was definitely the best, and then I felt like like we were all kind of on the next level of just kind of trying to figure it out. There's a lot to do, so like everyone's doing something different. So it's not like one person oh. like carries the team. It's not like basketball where you have like one guy that can score all the points. Like everyone hey, needs to be working team. in these little side groups to figure out whatever it is. And then people are just calling stuff out and there's always like something for people to do. And usually like everyone's the king of their own little castle. Like if you're working on this puzzle over here, then this other person is working on this other puzzle. And then if you found something the other thing you need is going to be on the other side of the room. <clears throat> so it's already built for like teamwork. You know what I mean? Nice. So, uh, and then, yeah, it's hard to go. Like um, this one in particular didn't have like a lot of 
riddles to solve or anything like that. It was, it was like much more physical puzzles or things like that. So, um, so every everyone was good at it. There wasn't any shining stars. Yeah, no matter who you are, we're all pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah. before we talk about what we're drinking, uh, Henry, would you like to introduce our guest? Yeah, um, it's. Uh, I'm pretty stoked to have him on board. Uh, we had his bandmate and my best friend Adam Ditt on here um, a couple weeks back. So um, I would uh, like to bring on. Uh, a great singer songwriter and friend of the band. Uh, he plays in a band called Balto, uh, Mr. Dan Sharon. What up? What up? Hey guys. Welcome, man. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. Welcome, Dan. Cheers, brother. What oh, are you drinking? It's so Dan? hard for me to to completely recognize you without your mustache because I feel like every picture and <laughs> most of the time I see with a mustache, which kind of like defines your face. Then every time I, I see you without a mustache, I'm like, wait a Okay, okay. I, I, well, it's fine. I it, the thing had been on my face for about four years, four and a half years. Um, so it's new for me, too. It kind of freaks me out. But, you know, <laughs> every day being the same, you need to change something. Eventually, you end up just hacking your face off. Yep. You got a nice face, man. Um, Probably the same for me. Oh. <laughs> Got nice face. Yeah, you bro. know, it's actually, nice you know, I think part of it. Part of it was I, I needed to feel young. I've been growing my beard for like six months. And uh, I don't know, man, I started to feel creaky. And I figured, you know, hey, maybe I'll feel different if I if I chop it off. And I kind of, you know, I don't know. I don't feel any different, actually. <laughs> it was <laughs> Except I, filled with regret. <laughs> that, that first that first like couple hours, you're like, what did I do? But I, I recently shaved <laughs> my beard for the first time uh, completely and clean shaved for the Ever. first time in over 10 years. And I was just, I had no idea how many chins were hiding under there. Luckily, it was only two. So <laughs> it was it was good. But yeah, it definitely takes a little getting used to it. I'm like, ah. But I don't know. I, I well, think it was weirder well, doing it when I was like in my early 20s, like where you'd grow the beard out, beard out and then you'd shave it off. And then it's like, oh, it's so different because you're not used to one or the other. And now it's just like, yeah, it's my face. I don't know. I got shit to do. Well, I'm, I'm going to hear some real talk. It's probably too much information for your audience, but here we are. No. It's been a long Let's time, so we're going for it. Um, so what I realized, you know, like I, I've grown two five-month-plus beards during COVID. And what I realized is that I had a mustache for years because I grow a really good mis- mustache. I don't grow a great beard. And... But the problem was I was also growing my hair out the same at the time. It's longer than it's been in many years. Mm. And what I realized is that with the mustache still, uh, I look like Coach Steve from uh, Big Mouth. <laughs> you guys are familiar with that? Yes. Dude. And once I yeah. saw that, I could never unsee it. And so the mustache <laughs> had to go, sadly. See, I thought you were almost doing like a Zappa vibe. You almost had the, the Zappa thing going on for a little bit. Yeah, I always yeah, thought sadly that someone was like, Coach Steve. Oh no. Someone went, ah, Coach Steve. And then I was like, oh, fuck no. It's always the, some <laughs> some random guy. Some random guy did it and it ruined my life. Some random person. <laughs> it's always the random guy that you don't even know. The dream is dead. The dream <laughs> is dead. <laughs> yeah. Is Coach Steve but, from uh, a but TV good, show? Good. Yeah, he's on yeah, a it's from a, it's from a cartoon from Netflix. Gotcha. It's uh, called Big Mouth. I'll, I'll get on that. It's funny, man. You know, we've all been catching up on it's, our TV. It's uh, it's Nick. Period. It's Nick Kroll from uh, from the leagues. 
uh, animated nice. show. So it's it's not really like, well, I, I, I don't know it's kid-friendly anymore. I don't have kids, but um, <laughs> it's definitely more, more adult-themed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, That's but, funny. uh, I, I'm going to go with probably not kid friendly, depending on how progressive your household is. Yeah. <laughs> D- depends on the kid, right? I, I stopped watching Big Mouth cause it got too much for me. <laughs> I could take a lot. It just made wow. me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> this, uh, this last season, they really fucking went for it. it yeah, was, they it did. Pretty <laughs> they really did. Um, it's, 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 like, uh, yeah, it's funny, you know, I, I was I was never a big TV guy, um, but somehow, especially in like the real like dog days of summer and right after when things were just like kind of endless, I, I got into a real heavy TV binge like I've never done in my life. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know really where I'm going with that, but it, it's, it's been novel to watch this much TV. Um, <laughs> What'd you watch? Oh, God, a hell of a lot of Grey's Anatomy. Oh yeah, they have the whole the whole Ooh. series up there, don't they? They like, really like, they gave Bonnie Bear at least two hundred thousand dollars in his first <laughs> um, yeah. Our old guitar player Kyle Michael Neal had a song in Grey's Anatomy. He covered oh, the they've song. They've got a sound, man. He covered the song "Closer" by Tegan and Sarah, and had a song in Grey's Anatomy. Nice. So, I don't know which episode that is because I don't watch Grey's Anatomy, but but we just found out yeah, it, Kyle was it. episode fifty two for for on our podcast. So. Check that out. All the links are in oh. the description on there too. Yeah, what I what I imagine is that every Grey's Anatomy watcher is like the most obnoxious person to have a doctor's appointment for the staff there because they all think they know all the words. <laughs> Probably oh, yeah. a subdermal yeah, hematoma yeah. if you need to order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they always say like uh, the no, same watch. like seven things too. It's like order order a you know BP and blah, 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 and it's like the same things that they rattle <laughs> off. I doubt that any of that's even accurate. It's, yeah, well, I'm sure it gets asked for all the time because of that damn show. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah, doing that, and um, I don't know. I've uh, been getting back into a guitar practice regime, which is good, um, and, 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 and trying to cut back on the TV intake in preparation for hopefully you know, getting back at it. But... I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I just feel like woefully out of practice. Like I, I don't know if I could sit down and play a solo show right now and like not fuck it up really bad. Like I, <laughs> I've been recording a lot at home, but like I realize I do like thirty takes of everything, and I used to just sort of be like a one take, like all right, it's done. It's the yeah, last so. show. I I I think we definitely don't have like our gig chops. The last time we played, I remember like thinking okay like i remember how to like play these songs but i don't remember what it takes to play for like two or three hours you know Mm -hmm. like the real or the other thing i think is funny is like i don't really remember like how to like stand on a stage like Mm -hmm. like even like to like present myself i remember like i was like stumbling over my legs like a like a newborn baby or something (laughs) what's going on like it's just funny the things that you like don't realize that that you, I don't know, that like go away when like, I feel like, you know, practices, we kind of relaxed, we're sitting down, like even just standing up in front of people. It's like, Oh wait, what do I do when I'm standing? <laughs> it's, it's definitely a different thing. I mean, I imagine that it'll take like, you know, three back to back shows and you'll be right back in it. It'll be like riding a bicycle, but 
that first one I'm going to be real scared by. <laughs> we might have something to talk to you about after this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, we did one, we did one kind of like, uh, I don't know, like larger production live stream thing that was um, back in October. And even then, and granted, we also had a different drummer with us, but it really felt kind of like we played all right. It sounded all right, but it just felt weird. And I think, mm -hmm. uh, you know, after I, I'm sure you have a version of this conversation with everybody that comes on here, but it's like, you know, you go, you know, 12 years of your life playing, I mean, not going more than a week or two without performing. Yeah. And suddenly this whole thing disappears and you're like, well, this is all I really valued myself doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do now. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's been a weird thing. I was talking to a friend about it yesterday that like, you know, I, I always was mystified by these sort of like bedroom artists, you know, like projects where they were really great at getting a um, like a recording vibe in a home studio and they would make some really cool vibey recordings, great songs but they were like relatively untested as live performers and having always, I think you guys are probably you know, similar where you play out so much. It's like, you know, the thing you live to play live kind of and recalibrating that for sort of like a studio thing has just been like a whole new box of, or, you know, can of worms. Um, but it's like a role reversal kind of where it's like, all right, well, I've ignored recording for uh, however many years I did just enough to make like a shitty demo. Um, and now it's like, okay, well, what does this actually mean? Because um, the only thing that's left open, really. Yeah, I, I, I agree with so. that because we, we've done, we did a couple, you know, live streams uh, early on in this whole pandemic thing. And, uh, you know, playing a live, we've even talked about, I think, like, you know, playing a live stream is not playing a show. Mm -hmm. It's a whole different mindset. It's a whole different experience. It's a whole different entity like from playing a live show. It's just everything about it's different because you don't have that, that, that crowd energy. You don't have the people in the back who are talking through your whole show or the people up front who are super set on just watching every single move you make. So you don't want to like <laughs> itch yourself inappropriately at the wrong time or something. Cause they're watching you, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and it's just uh, completely different and you have to figure out how to, you know, not saying I know how to do it at all, but you know, after the third one, you're like, cool, I, I'm go I have to go into this with knowing that this is not gonna be a show. It's gonna be a live stream because I went into the first few that we did as like this should be a show, should I should so I should get the same, you know, uh feeling that I would after a show. And you just don't. And you kinda have to go in with that weird mindset and then <clears throat> so I'm just agreeing with you in that like it's a whole different world. Yeah. But one thing that I was liking about it and about doing kind of the live stream thing is it does give you kind of a different sort of opportunity to interact in real time with people while you're while you're doing it, which I think is pretty cool. Because like, you know, in the confines of an actual show, you can sort of you can hang out afterwards. But as far as like once you're up and this and it's going like you're just locked in. Especially like this gets to be complicated if you're on drugs because then it doesn't go well. You just <laughs> <a lot> <laughs> but, yep. but, uh, but you know, like during the live stream stuff, it was kind of fun. Like there was one where uh, we were let, letting people buy us shots 
and it, it got really, really sloppy, really fast. But it was really fun because, like, you know, people were commenting, <laughs> you and you could like play it on. So, like, they could buy throw you, you twenty if they tipped. Sorry, I mean, sorry, I'm just trying to get this straight. So, if if they tipped, they can make you take a shot, like on yeah, the live exactly. Show. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, genius. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I, made, I made a lot of money, genius. but I kind of I, I round out and I did it on you know public facing uh, media. Um, <laughs> that's a great. I love idea. That. That's that a great idea. It was really cool. But I realized as I was I I re, I realized I was being I was it was a little too cheap. I was uh, I think I was initially I was charging ten bucks a shot, and after about eight or nine of them, I realized I had to pay, <laughs> I'd make them pay more. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be like Man. on a sliding scale, you know. The, the the first five are in one tier, and then you have to level up to the twenty dollars a shot thing, and then thirty. Yeah, well, you know, I guess uh, you guys can uh, you know recycle that idea for future uh, live streaming. <laughs> I like, I like that idea, now you have to be yeah. on it with us. Yeah, yeah I, I I love that right. idea. I think yeah. that would make it way more um, personable. In well, kind of seriously. Um, it'd be detrimental to the to the well, sound no, of the live stream but after a while but yeah after a while but then you know there's also there's a kind of a joy to that the candid moments of i don't know i like that's one of the things that i've been really thinking about a lot is as time goes by you know you make all of these connections to people that have come and supported your band over the years and come out to shows and you know you have your little scenes in different towns and Figuring out ways to stay connected to those people is really important because, you know, I mean, it's like we rely on them, they rely on us. And um, I don't know, that's something that Adam and I have been talking a lot about in terms of, you know, just like making little sticker runs and, you know, just sending postcards to people or, or, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, that's what this is, um, you know, we're trying to stay connected to people. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, no, and I, I really like, I admire you guys for doing this and, you know, um, but yeah, um, trying to think. What uh, do you guys have any any questions that you boilerplate questions you ask your guests? Yeah, what yeah. are you drinking the tonight? First... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, well, nice. Well, for all, all uh, yeah. you know, uh, I'm actually taking it pretty easy. I've had a rough couple of weeks, so I'm on I'm on ginger tea tonight. Unfortunately, Ooh, so I'm letting y'all down. Delightful. You're not letting anyone down. No. No. Can you tell us more about your ginger tea? Did you make it yourself? Or is it, is here. Is it, oh, just, it was uh, uh, no. It's it, it's in this cool. Uh, it's in this cool. Uh, see, that's cool. That's oh, cool. nice. Um, I I did I did uh, it's it's steeped for about forty five minutes. So now it's really strong and kind of lukewarm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I I had like a pretty interesting like fun start to the year a couple of my friends uh were out from the east coast and staying with me and so we had formed kind of like a safety pod um and it, it had it meant that uh you know any kind of new year's resolution of working on my you know brain function went out the window um we had a pretty good time together but i feel like i needed a, a you know a week or so to dry out <laughs> yeah nice well, Steve, what are you drinking? So I'm working on that. I'm nice. uh, I've got about one sip left of a pint glass of Tito's on the rocks. So oh, that's uh, I thought that was water the whole time because you were drinking it so quickly. <laughs> no. It's like whoa. It was just that the ice, the ice was melting and the conversation was great. So I'm, I'm just trying to drink it while while I could. 
Um, but yeah, it, it's the end of that uh, weekly handle. So probably after we're done here, I'll walk back to the uh, liquor store. Although last week, uh, when I went to go get my handle <laughs> after the podcast, I didn't even put on real pants. I just kept my pajama pants on. Yeah, I would have loved that you just threw like, some boots didn't put on pants at all. <laughs> just, I mean, yeah, it's at, at this point, I don't think anybody would really care, you know. Just be like, what? Well, I was just out for a run. I'll wear my Under Armour Jones. Good. They're like, they're like, uh, like sprinting, like U.S. Olympic sprinter shorts. Oh, you should wear the uh, the Spain. Uh, what are they <laughs> yeah. called? The, the speedo. The speedos. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was there was too small for me back then when I was smaller. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's hilarious. But yeah, cheers, guys. Oh, and I'm cheers. drinking it out of this very nifty DJE Sound and Lighting uh, nice. pint glass. Shout out to DJE Sound and Lighting that we've done a lot of work with over the years. And love you guys. Cheers, Henry. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I got a I got a hard cider. Uh, from my dad, which I found mm-hmm. out that it was from um, one of his one of his business associates, I guess, or a, a consultant or something that he works with. Um, he's an, my dad's an architect and built a hospitals specifically down in like San Diego um, area. Um, sent him so this business consultant, I guess, sent him all this stuff from from Julian. So this is another uh, Julian cool. Hart cider. This is a different one this week. Uh, the one I had. It was either last week or the week before. It was an apple pie flavor, and this one is called Black and Blue. So it's a hard apple cider with the juice of American grown and sustainably farmed blackberries and blueberries. Wow, nice! Which Ooh. fun fact about me: part of my breakfast every morning is literally eating a handful of blackberries and blueberries because those are my favorite berries. So I love this. I feel like this is the hard cider that is a hundred percent made for me. Nice. Um, I could definitely taste more of the berries um, if I had my way with it. It definitely distinctly has like a pretty present apple taste, but I can, but it's like, it's like, it looks black. It's like a dark, it almost looks like a wine. It looks actually. like yeah, it's a crazy it looks color. like a stout. Like it looks yeah. like a Guinness almost. Like I've never seen a cider that has that dark tinge to it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, it's really good. Um, it has definitely has the tartness of like the blackberry blueberry thing. Which blends really nicely, actually, with the apple flavor. Um, it's really good. This is probably my favorite hard cider I've ever had, honestly. Nice. I Do you have honest. five more of them? I don't, uh, but I can ask my okay. dad where he got it because I don't know of anywhere that sells these. But this is amazing. This is really, really good. Um, nice. I will have to definitely get this for all of us so we can all try it because it's really, really good. Yeah, man. How about you, Andrew? Henry, I just had this funny moment of pride because I was remembering back to like the first few podcasts when I would ask people to describe what they're drinking, and they're like, "I don't know, it's uh, <laughs> it kind of tastes like whiskey, and um, it's good, I, it's, it's good, kind of burnt. Ooh. Yeah, but it's, it's really good. good. It's good." <laughs> and now I'm like, "Shut up about this!" And I'm like, "This is what I asked for." No I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it's great. No, 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 no. As I'm really thinking about it, I'm like, "That's awesome!" Like, you know. That we've come so, like such a long way in describing yeah. these because it's, it's a pain in the ass, right? When you go like, yeah. how do I describe, you know, a uh, drink? I don't know in words. That's stupid. Yeah. Why would I have to do that? Uh, that being said, I am drinking a BJ's Piranha Pale Ale. Mm. So there's a BJ's by <laughs> nice. my house. 
I haven't been to a BJ's in like years. This is really funny that I got this. It just happened to be like uh, we wanted to get takeout because we were celebrating something, and it was the only place that was open uh, after like nine, because like nine yep. o'clock hits, everything in Pasadena closes everywhere, and even the spots that are, like right Same next to our here. house are usually open till midnight. Even all these spots that are like crazy, it was like oh shit, nowhere is open until BJ's. BJ's is open until nine thirty. And they're uh, we we called them and they're like you better if you're not here by nine thirty we're gonna throw your food in the trash. <laughs> so we grabbed some BJ's really quick and I grabbed a six pack of piranha and I it's funny because I feel like everyone goes to BJ's from like twenty one to twenty eight and then as have I gotten older than that I'm like BJ's kind of sucks and I don't want to go there anymore. <laughs> but uh, it's not that bad. I'd just rather go other places. But I haven't had their beers in a long time. That's fine. It's a good pale ale. BJ's Piranha Pale Ale. Have they always? Robert, what are you doing? Have they always canned their beers? I, I remember them in bottles and stuff like back in the day. But like to, to take it to go because like we used to go just to drink on tap before they were were even like selling them from the storefront. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't remember. That's cool. That I, remember I think they were canning them. I'm gonna make I a statement that twenty twos. Yeah. Sorry, Robert. Oh, no, I'm, I'm just going to make a statement that I don't know if it's true or not for all of our listeners. I feel like before it was easier to bottle beer than it was to can it. And now there's been some easily portable machines and label things that have created it easier to actually can your beer, which is why you go to a lot of breweries that now can do crowlers instead of growlers. Yeah. Um, and and that kind of thing. I feel like it's... it's um, a slightly newer technology in the past few years to be easier to can things than it was to just um, fill up growlers and, and bottles. And I don't know if that's true, but I've seen a lot more cans from smaller breweries and stuff like that than bottles in the recent years compared to, you know, the past where, you know, you went to Russian river and they only had bottles of, of Pliny, you know, or yeah, you know, stuff yeah. like that. I think that's very true. Everything you said is correct. I'm going to go off on another weird tangent. I feel like as I've become an adult, I've like solidified the fact that I am now a liquor person and not a beer person. Uh, I hung out with Wes it's and Ariel on Sunday, yeah. and we went to one of those beer wall places. And I was like, "This, I cannot drink another beer. I feel like shit. Like, just give me a water, or give me like whatever else, or give me like nine shots of whiskey, and I'll be fine. But like, I cannot. It just fills me up. It makes me feel weird. I get heartburn." I don't know. Nope. I'm not a beer person anymore. It's happened. Uh, I, I'll, I'm going to jump in quickly and just and mention that I think I think it's a, the thing is like craft beer specifically. You just like you can't you can't drink them like you can crush a bunch of Modellos. Like, yeah, I think there's exactly. a big, I think there's a big distinction. Like I almost liken drinking like session beers or like light lagers to drinking cocktails and drinking a lot of them. But like if you're if you're on like you know anything IPA like and above, I feel like you can only have like four of them, maybe five, before you just feel too bad to keep drinking it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm feel free to no no totally agree. totally. I'm you're also a pretty small right. guy, so my belly gets full, and then I feel <laughs> weird. But like... And then I, I as an adult, I become like a I, I, I totally water agree and tequila person. I become a sparkling water and whiskey person if I want to go the route of like drinking something that's like a full glass of something. Give me tequila and a LaCroix or something like that. Yeah. 
and then I can make it as strong as I want. <laughs> I can. It's cold and it's nice and it's like easy to drink. I'm not a truly person either. I will. I will take the <laughs> Lacroix tequila over truly any day. And all you guys can fight me. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys tour I'm, in the UK. I'm on your right? side. Oh, uh, we've been. We once, haven't toured but... in the UK yet. We've been once. I've so I, I haven't been to the UK for a really long time, but my understanding is that they they're beer people there, right? So I was curious if you guys had been somehow like forced to drink the kind of beer that you wouldn't necessarily drink when you were playing every night, you know. Well, here's 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 the thing about the beer in the UK, like all of the um what is it? It's like the cask beer that's on like the pump system is a lot less carbonated. Right. So it's, it's a huh. lot, it's, it's more the consistency of like a Guinness and then you have, you know, varying uh, viscosities and stuff depending on what, what you're drinking. But that the, like the bubbles from beer and, and the, I don't know if, if it's the yeast or the type of grains that they're using to make a lot of these beers and stuff, but like that is what fills me up and bloats me up. And like, I'm not a small dude, I'm not a giant dude either, but like, I can only do maybe four or five IPAs and then like, I'm done. Like I have no room to eat food or anything at that point, or I'm just bloated and feel like shit for the next like three days. But getting all of those like pump, you know, cask beers and stuff from, uh, there's a a specific word for it that I'm blanking out on. If anybody else uh, knows. (laughs) You're on nitro, but like you're talking, you're you're saying everything correctly. Cask beers, but on nitro is like really specific. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. But those are just amazing because they're just eight, like, and you don't really lose out on much of the percentage. Like they're still strong beers, you know, and I'm, I'm over here drinking most of the time, just, you know, a pint glass of Tito's and ice. Um, so I'm not really worried about like percentage stuff, but as far as like drinkability and weight, <laughs> definitely like those are a lot easier to palate. And, and if I'm going to have a beer night, like here in the States, if they've got Guinness, I'll drink Guinness all fucking night, man. Like, it's just a, it's a different level of of weight to it and bubbles and all that kind of stuff. That I, th- I think you you hit the nail on the head when you said like the craft beers versus you know other stuff. But it, mm-hmm. it, even with like the session beers and stuff and the like, I, like Guinness is one of my favorite beers of all time, and I can drink that all night and be foot down eight eight to ten of them and still be good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and not bloated and wake up feeling like a million bucks in the morning. Do you guys? Oh, have Michael any, says uh... his wife also drinks Tito's Nice. You got another Tito's Ooh, Nice? Ooh, yeah. Boom. Robert, what are you drinking? So do you... Well, and on, on the topic of craft beers, that's why I love um, Docent Brewing so much. Yeah. Is because oh, I've always felt like that with craft beers and even just, you know, maybe not so craft beers, but the IPAs and the pale ales i mean like a sierra nevada pale ale like i could have like three and just be like want to throw up almost um but docent i mean they have ipas and they have pale ales that i can drink like six of and still be able to eat dinner yeah i mean I'm, i'll be drunk but i'll be able to eat <laughs> um and uh and and that's that's why i just love docent so much because you know i mean i i also drink plenty of modelo but it's just like that they're the first brewery where I can go have an IPA that tastes delicious, but I can also have like three of them and not feel like that bloating or that like, so I don't know what they do um, differently. And I've even asked them and they're like, we just drew beer, man. Um, so I don't know what they do differently than everybody else, but 
they're you know and i know all the guys have had it before too but yeah they do uh, a really they great probably job have it a lot that. more than everyone yeah. else um but tonight i i wasn't drinking beer or bourbon for a while um and i'm over that now but i still haven't restocked my um beer fridge with anything fun so i'm still drinking those ashlands and they're just so good and uh i'm out of it now because it's been a while since we talked about what we're drinking so i'm gonna have to go get another one during henry's song unless it's something that uh you know no offense henry but i just i need to go grab another beer at some point so warren what are you drinking this evening i'll close it out with the plain <laughs> simple lime topo chico yeah oh, <laughs> boom of course nothing too fancy nothing too crazy just finishing out with a nice topo chico I guess I can add to the beer thing though. You know I, do that, agree, uh, I was gonna say I do agree that like I feel like I'm probably the one in the band who could drink the most IPAs and enjoy yes. them. Yep. And I'm even getting to the point where I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's almost like like I can have a couple glasses of wine. And I really enjoy wine, but I'm not like a, I'm not gonna drink two bottles. So now like beer is kind of becoming like a wine thing to me, where it's like okay, I can have a couple glasses, yeah. but like after a while, I need to like switch to something else and and 23 year old me would punch me in the face for saying that how dare you yeah but now you're in your 30s dog come on (laughs) yeah i swear it's like a turning 30 thing man like that that's where beer started kind of ramping off for me man like we used to drink beer all all day yeah and like our our uh, every day forever yeah and dan dan like uh in the early years of touring it was all like jameson gingers and stuff and like really sweet or you know jack and cokes and keystone oh man dude yeah i can't do any of that shit anymore yeah yeah i can't do jack and coke anymore either all clear liquor now yeah all clear liquor man no i still love jack though just not with coca-cola minus all the sugar and jack daniels yeah We're on a different crusade now, bro. <laughs> We're growing up. Well, drinking. Do you guys have any? Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I I don't want to. I don't mean that. I, I was thinking this something earlier. Do any of you guys have like a specific food that you just like will not eat cucumbers. before you play? Before we play cucumbers. Before, like, like. <laughs> oh man. I, I, I I I'm thinking of something specific, but but I'm curious if you guys have a prohibition on certain kinds of food before you play pre pre show um, pre show meal. My thing is more of the no. Go ahead. Oh, my uh, thing is more of the timing. Just... <laughs> <laughs> the, t- the timing. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. By the way, I'm leaving that in. It's all about the timing, man. <laughs> on StreamYard is because everyone's like, you know, trying to be polite or trying to do the opposite. <laughs> it's, a, it's so hard to judge. Yeah, that's funny. Just, let's just go in order. Dan's question was, is there any foods that we will not eat before we play, right? Yes. And then you have a reason for asking the question. So, Steve? I have uh, a reason for asking the question, but I'm going to wait until you guys answer. I'm just going to keep going with, uh, you know, more stuff from episode 52, Gas Station Pickles. Not doing it ever before a show, ever again. <laughs> And if you want the explanation, it's on episode 52. <laughs> you can you can scroll up and go listen to that story. It's a good one. Amazing story. Henry, what about you? Uh, I'm going to have to say that Brett in the comments Nothing. just took the words out of my mouth right now. Nothing heavy, absolutely not anything cheese-based. 
I think anything with a lot of cheese is probably a really bad idea before I go on stage. Um, especially considering that I sing at least a little bit uh, every time I go on stage. And uh, cheese definitely is not good for that, um, at least for me. I, I would say just anything cream or cheese or related in that, you know, before I go on stage. And especially like super heavy stuff, just just kind of a no-no. Um, and we've talked about this before. This is kind of unrelated, but like I can't I can't really eat beef or pork. Um, so that's obviously off limits as well. Uh, how about you, Andrew? Uh, probably like a milkshake. Mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't even eat ice cream, and I do that anyways all the time. <laughs> But if I have a milkshake, it'll, like, really screw me up to the point where I'll have to, like, you know, take a diarrhea all over the stage. Um, <laughs> but everyone knows that if I got the opportunity, I'd probably do it. So I'm not, like, <laughs> that. I don't have a lot of willpower in the ice cream department. Everyone knows that in this band. So, <laughs> Robert, what about you? Or Dan, what about you? So, I think Dan uh, wanted to comment on after we started yeah, uh, yeah. Let's see, hear what you have to say, Warren. Um, <laughs> I feel like if anybody, I could probably eat a bunch of shit and still get on stage and be fine. <laughs> um, I feel like the thing for me is like it doesn't necessarily make me like feel like shit playing. It like makes me just like sluggish and like my time like just drags or something like that. Like it's not so much like a feeling, but it's like oh, it's like. My body is just kind of like slow. Um, there was this one thing. Yeah, that we you're, found you're it, digesting it, <laughs> like <laughs> pounds of food, dude. <laughs> Your body's working in fucking overtime, man. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. But we did find this thing in Germany called Uber. Bobbin, yes, dude. Which is like, oh, yeah. it's like super, super rich meat covered in cheese and onions and it's, it's basically it's like a like, like a year like a euro but put in a ceramic pot and like the mac and cheese version of a euro or yeah euro or whatever you know like um it's it's incredible but even that wasn't that heavy it, it was heavy going in but the show was still fine yeah the show was you still feel fine, sluggish on I, that i definitely would not eat one of those like going back and playing uh at uh I don't know why that venue slipped in my head. It's such a great venue that we play all the time. Culture Rumpa. Culture Rumpa. Yeah. yeah, but definitely not eat one of those. But I don't know. I feel like I could still kind of get away with it from time to time. What about what about yeah. you, Robert? My biggest thing is the timing. Yeah. Um, I I hate to eat like within two hours of showtime. It's yes. one of my biggest things that I I just don't like the feeling. I feel like I'm not as structurally prepared um <laughs> but it, it, like if we have to like if that's the only way and we haven't eaten all day then it has to be something super light it can't be it can't be like fettuccine alfredo it has to be like you know not pasta not cheesy it has to be like a, a salad without anything on it um it's just iceberg lettuce that's it um but it's really about timing for me no cucumbers um, you know if, if we if we get the opportunity to eat you know three hours before showtime perfect and then i'll eat whatever um but if it's right before like within within an hour like it's it has to be something so light and airy that um that works for me but what about yeah. you dan what, what what was the i feel like you're gonna say the something that's gonna that, blow our minds right now 
the thing that prompted it is it, funny because it's sort of surprising or maybe not. It has to do with just about everything that you guys have said. Um, but we had to institute a no ramen before shows policy. Um, <laughs> because something about the like salt bomb <laughs> right before you play just yeah. makes everybody fall asleep on stage. Yeah. It's just like it's an instant nap. It's like nap in a bowl. And yeah, and which is wonderful, but it's just like, yeah, we had it was we did we made that mistake a couple times because it's so damn good, it's soup, it shouldn't be that heavy. And then we had this where we were like, why did we just play like that? (laughs) We were like, I love when people call ramen soup, like it's not like a just like a you know, I don't know, like a human sized head full of noodles in a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we're just getting some light soup today. Yeah. You know, it's some yeah. internet squash well, and like, like nine pounds of ramen. Like we've done this. Uh, I I have like two very specific memories. It was one is there's a ramen place right next to the the hi hat in Highland Park, and we ate there and then played, and it was just like yeah, it was just super lugubrious, just like you know. And then <laughs> there's another spot like in Seattle and Ballard that we played. Uh, and that was sort of where it really happened, where we were just like, it was supposed to be like a record release show in the Northwest. And we were just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we can't, we can't eat ramen anymore. Unless it's like, yeah, several hours before we play, if that were after. Cause right. like, you know, ramen's awesome. I always want yeah. so good. Oh, yeah. I really just had ramen for dinner last night. Yeah. And yeah, as long as we sleep. like eat during the day and like have like a great lunch, eating after the show is almost more beneficial to me. Right. Because then you just They're already worked up all those calories and you're just like want to devour. Because you're, yeah. you're going to be hungry after the show no matter what. Yeah. So right. if you eat like before the show, then you just eat and then you're eating copious amounts more because, <laughs> you know, now you have a little buzz on and you're starving because you just worked out for two hours. Well, I think just just yeah. having like comfort Sorry. food is such an end of the end of the night or end of the day meal you know and I, I feel like we've all just been describing you know other than pickles for me um but uh it's it's all pretty much been comfort food it's like yeah like no nothing heavy nothing like super carby nothing super filled with sodium and you know hot and gonna you know just make you kind of want to melt and lay on the couch and the things that make you feel bad already yeah it's like, like just, not even before I, the show if you eat that at any point you're gonna any feel like point, shit you're gonna feel like point. shit it's like dude like, i don't know no i, one, I can't no eat pancakes and be like ready for the day i will be ready to play a show in a second <laughs> give me more ribs everyone <laughs> i feel like i feel like uh i, I want to say that pizza is a big exception to that yeah. i think there's some like <laughs> i think pizza is like the outlier special on thing. every Thing, though. Like, like, like yeah. pizza is just rock sauce. Like you will play better if you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's heavy, but it goes right that. to your feet. You know. That's not true. <laughs> oh it, just plant, it just like plants you. Dog shit! If I eat too much pizza. <laughs> but you know what pizza makes me want to do? Listen to some music. Oh. oh. Oh man, you're killing it with this stuff lately. Yeah, Andrew. you're killing it like like you're on a crusade <laughs> or something. Damn, bro, that was smooth. Well, um, today is February 1st. Uh, there are actually a lot of birthdays in music today uh, when I was looking it up. Um, one, a, a couple of note uh, in my mind are Mike Campbell from uh, Tom Payne and the Heartbreakers, who's one of my big guitar influences. It was his uh, birthday today, as well as Jason Isbell, who I know 
all of us in the band are, are big fans of. Um, but what I want I to talk saw, about... This is relevant. I just saw his yeah. wife got him a cake that's just like a weird pair of boobs. Yeah. Jason Isbell. Did <laughs> oh you see God. that? On I, Instagram? I, yeah, I did not see that. <laughs> Go look up Jason Isbell's Instagram. His, his wife got him a cake for his birthday. I, it's just a weird I will, pair I of boobs. during the song. Um, but today uh, was also the birthday of keyboardist Joe Sample. Uh, today would have been his, what is that, 82nd birthday. Um, and he's a legendary jazz keyboard player. Uh, he was one of the founding members of a band called the Jazz Crusaders, which became something the Crusaders in uh, 1971. And uh, he also played keyboards with Miles Davis, George Benson, B.B. King, Eric Clapton, Steely Dan, Joni Mitchell, uh, basically everybody that ever did anything. Um, you know, Joe Sample probably crossed paths with them at some point in some degree or another. Um, he was from Houston, Texas, and uh, linked up with uh, saxophonist Wilton Felter, drummer uh, Sticks Hooper, and trombonist Wayne Henderson to form the Jazz Crusaders. Uh, the record I want to talk about today is after they changed names to the Crusaders. It's in their more, uh, I guess we would say commercial sort of funk-oriented period. Um, the record is called Those Southern Nights, and uh, basically everybody that was on this record has been on a Steely Dan record. Uh, you have Larry Carlton on guitar, uh, as well as Wolf Felder, Felder on tenor saxophone, Wayne Henderson on trombone, Six Super on drums, and this is the first time that Robert Pops Popwell played bass guitar for the Crusaders as well. So uh, today we are going to listen to some funky jams. This song is called Spiral, and it's the first song off of 1976's Those Southern Nights by the Crusaders. Take it away. Oh, yeah.
Fade it. Fade it. Yes. Dude, sad. That was great. <clears throat> Fuck. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Killing. Yep. Good shit. Good shit. Good shit, Joe Super Sample. That was great. That was his composition yeah, as Joe. well. Uh, composed by Joe Sample. Rest in peace. He passed away uh, six years ago. But a a legend uh, is an understatement. Uh, and uh, obviously the band is just fucking all-star. And you heard it right there. Just everybody was just killing it super duper hard on that track. Um, great solos all around. And uh, obviously the fact that Larry Carlton is playing guitar for them, uh, you know, sold me even more on it um, when I started getting into them. Because I, I absolutely love Larry Carlton. I love his work with Steely Dan. Um, I transcribed his kid Charlemagne solo yeah, a while dude. ago. That was a pain in the ass. <laughs> that is one of the best guitar solos of all time. Um, that song's insane, man. That's I, I, yeah, I, I just insane. I just did that tune for a, a, a thing for New Year's Eve, and mm-hmm. man, that was that was that was a took took a minute. Yeah, it's, to, to it's chart a lot out. of shit, dude. Yeah, it's a lot of changes. But yeah, Crusaders are very very good. Um, I would say up until that album, that album, and possibly the album after it, um, everything was pretty consistently badass from them, um, from their first record uh, in 1971 up until that point. And they they were, you know, they followed kind of the model of a lot of bands in the 70s where they would put out a record once or twice a year. Um, and it was like, it's like consistently good uh, all across the board, which is really cool. Um, it sits kind of in that jazz funk vein. Um, which the 70s were kind of the prime time for that, basically. I'm um, looking so, yeah. at their discography right now. It is pretty huge where it's yeah. like, it looks like a jazz discography, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy shit, they put out like, you know, probably 20 to 25 albums or something like that in the span yeah. of 10 years, which is right. amazing. I love wow. it. Yeah. Yeah, super awesome. Super, super dope band. I've been wanting to talk about them on, on this uh, for a while, but... uh but what we're really here to talk about is uh, Mr. Dan Sharon, and um, he has a really, really interesting story um, from from some of the conversations I've just had with Dan in passing. Uh, Dan, you've lived in what Russia? You've lived in Oregon? You've lived in New York City? Now you're living in LA. Um, I would love to hear more about that because we've talked about it a little bit. Uh, you and I, like we we did some work together with Adam a couple weeks back, and um, we talked about it a little bit, but I just like to sort of hear kind of some of your story and how you got into music and how the Balto thing started. And there's just a lot to unpack there. And I think um, a lot of it is really interesting. Um, yeah, I guess it's funny. I think the way that that all happens is just that years seem to just flow by. Like time, time gets on, you suddenly realize that like, I, I feel like I just moved to LA and it was three years ago. So, you know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, um, it, it's been kind of like a, it's been a long thing. So like Balto, again, yeah, it did start out of this Russia thing. Um, and that goes back a few more years. So um, as far as music goes, like I I just kind of always played. I started playing in a band, I think probably when I was a eighth grade freshman in high school and just kind of always was in one. Um, and uh, by the time I got done with uh with college i had majored in in russian um and had like kind of decided that i want like my band broke mm-hmm. up uh, at the end of college kind of 
And originally we'd intended to keep going and then it just didn't work out. And I wanted to start a journalism career um, and like on the Moscow beat. Um, so I like moved to Russia and I got a job at a newspaper, like an English language newspaper in, um, in Moscow. And it just didn't work out. And part of that was also like there was this girl and that was a whole mm. thing. And that's where a lot of the, you know, inevitable first Balto songs came from. Um, and that turned into a whole set of wild adventures because I kind of like I was I was I guess I just turned 21 and I was just kind of like like blowing my mind out um, and did a bunch of crazy shit and then wrote songs and came back to the States and I moved to New York. I moved in with my old bandmate there and then he ended up playing bass in like a very early version of Balto. Um, and that just sort of like kind of one thing led to another. I ended up out in Portland, uh, on our first tour and really liked it and was trying to leave New York. So I moved to Portland and I spent, uh, over six years there. Um, and that was kind of like the place where I really feel like I learned how to play. Um, and that, I don't know you, if you, you guys have spent some time in the Northwest and specifically Portland has just such a rich music scene and such interesting song writers and one of the things that mm -hmm. i felt about it was like there wasn't really a sound there that people were like trying to do like, in la specifically it's pretty easy to rag on it but it's like there's a sound here and i don't particularly like it all that much um but <laughs> i wonder whether had i moved here had i moved here when i was you know 22 years old would i have like just found that by osmosis i would have drifted towards it and i'm really thankful for having spent all those years like learning how to write songs and play in bands in portland where you kind of like if you didn't do your own thing people call bullshit you know so like you really kind of have to find your own voice and so um like that ended up just sort of spiraling out and learning how to kind of do it all DIY and make records and get in the van and drive and play and, you know, figure it out, get done with the show and see who you're crashing with and all that stuff. You know, it's like I came down here and um, have just been lucky enough to find some like-minded people. Um, you know, meeting Adam uh, was kind of a turning point and uh, I, I, you know, that's how I got hooked up with you guys and mm -hmm. gotten to know Hank a bit and, know the rest of you guys too just by playing together and hanging out and being around like i feel like even just seeing a little window into the costa mesa scene has been so cool because you guys kick it kind of old school and you know it's 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 really kind of a joy and it's a shame that it all got shut down you know right just as i was starting to dive in and get to know you guys but um you know uh yeah i i don't know if that answers your question but with the totally. rushing stuff it was just kind of like you know that that sort of happened at and then I think part of it too was in those days, this is like 2011, um, you know, it was kind of the days of, of to put, to bring this up again, like kind of Bonnie Vare, like the backstories for bands were really important to music bloggers. Mm -hmm. And so like, I couldn't really help, but like have done all this shit that was going to work its way into the, you know, the bio or whatever. And that ended up, I think, getting us like a lot of early press. Um, and more of it was actually about the Russia stuff than I think it was about the music because like, you know, um, it, it was kind of, it was a pretty wild story and a wild time, but, um, I ended up going and, and doing a couple of tours in Russia, a couple of 
portfolio tours. Um, the most recent one was in 2017. Um, and I probably won't do it again unless there are some changes, both, you know, politically in the country, but also just, you know, like I did DIY touring in Russia, which nobody should ever attempt to do uh, in <laughs> case you guys are ever thinking of it. Don't fucking do it. <laughs> I, I, both times I felt like I just got put in a sausage maker and spit out the other side. Mm. Stay, is your you know, stay in good? Western Europe is nice. Uh, <laughs> Was I? I was like uh, I used to work as an interpreter in hospitals in Portland. Um, so I was like I was like very very fluent. Um, which over the you know I haven't really spoken Russian, but like you know three or four times in the last few years. And if you don't use it, you do lose it. But it it comes back. You know we before everything closed down, uh, um, we had gotten on a run of shows with this guy Sun Little. It was just a kick ass band. Mm-hmm. And my friend who I'd met uh, like about 10 years ago as a drummer when I was there was out visiting and he'd never been in the States before. And he asked if he could come to, to California and visit. And I was like, well, hell, we got these shows. Why don't you just jump in the van? And so, uh, you know, here we are with the guys. But like, you know, him and me are jabbering away in Russian. And I had spoken the language in three or four years. But I think we showed him a really good time. And as a musician, he got to kind of just see what it was about, you know, like hopping in the van and doing the thing. Um, and those were really like kind of the last things we did. Um, but uh, yeah, it was kind of a blast from the past, like kind of crazy thing to have him in, in the in the van with us. Yeah, that's really yeah, cool. yeah. And you guys, uh, you guys. So that's uh, sort of the story. And, you know, since since that that solo tour, you guys went out as a band to Europe, right? And did a European run, yeah. As the as the whole band too, right? Yeah. So I, I had done. To you a bit uh, I that. did. Yeah, because I had. I, I knew that you know you guys had really built uh, built a really cool circuit there, um, and I had gone in 2018 uh, solo as sort of a way to um, kind of feel out what it would be like to do with the band and see if it was viable. Um, I like. I, I went to. Russia, I guess, I, I guess I did my two tours in Russia before I went to Germany for the first time. And that was kind of like night and day, yeah. just, you know, between uh, how it all worked out. And then, yeah, in 2019, we did it as a band. Um, and that was, it was really cool. I think we actually, we only played, I think, one of the places that you guys played um and we we ended up talking about that i think it was that place with the, yeah. the train station that was like upstairs um, yeah the, super the, cool gig uh, the, the wonder bar right yeah in, in epstein the wonder wonder bar yeah, yeah exactly yeah. it was like out little yeah, little tiny place um yeah so that that was that was cool you know i think it was it was one of those things where learning to do that having done it solo and like played a bunch of coffee shops and like cafes and like little things and then kind of be halfway between that and then proper venues with a band was definitely like a challenge but um it, it went well i think i think it's totally doable again but it was it was definitely like the difference between touring there and during touring in the states is just so palpable it's you know mm-hmm. and you guys yeah. know it better than i do you, know, you guys really you guys put in you guys put in a lot of dates out there do you have a do you have one story um, from um that tour with the band in Europe 
Or, you know what? It could be in the States too. Just a tour with the band that you can, um, A, tell us on here um, without pushing anyone under the bus um, that that is that sticks in your mind or something that's just like so crazy that happened that that we would all love to hear. <laughs> I know it's just on the spot. Just wondering if you yeah, got one, I'll, I'll one tell, up uh, I'll tell the real I'll tell the real old Valto story. So this is back in the Portland days. Um, we it was before we had a van um, and my buddy had like a 1984 E150 that was like forest green, beautiful van. Um, and he was in vans and like, you know, you could borrow it from him. And we we had a gig in Seattle. So we loaded up and asked my roommate to drive so that we could kind of drink beers in the back and hang out. My roommate proceeds to get super stoned and he's like a demon. And he puts his, the pedal to the floor, runs the van up, up to about 90 miles an hour and blows the head gasket like 30 miles outside of Portland. So we come off the road. We're not quite sure what's wrong. We're like, you know, the radiator has just like spit everything all over the ground. And eventually we're destroying our friend's van. We knew that we were going to be like, miss the show. And it was like this promoter that we wanted to like have a good relationship with. So we we're all stressed out. We call AAA. We realize that it's 96 miles to the venue. So, and we have 100 miles on our free tow with AAA. So we get the, we get the tow truck and drops the van off the back of the, a flatbed in front of the venue about 15 minutes before we were supposed to play. So, so that works out. But nice. what we realized was we were like on this hill. So we, we played and actually the tow truck driver sticks around and then drove our drummer and bass player back most of the way to Portland after the gig. So that was super awesome. cool. But that left me, me, the guitar player, and my stony roommate at the gig with nowhere to stay and a dead van parked in, like, essentially what was going to become a red zone. And, and our guitarist somehow, he gets super trashed, and we find these girls that are willing to let us crash at their apartment. And somehow we told or convinced that we have to move the van but the van won't start so luke who apparently has no recollection of this jumps behind the wheel me and tony get behind the van throws it in neutral and we push it and luke parallel parks the thing like a block or two down in neutral super drunk and then we just leave the van there for several days <laughs> so anyways that's that's that was a good one wow <laughs> but you so you you made the gig with a van that didn't work because the, the tow truck driver drove we you made there. the gig with a dead van wow. that's that's just always and the best you story that and you, you parallel parked it after the show <laughs> in and neutral no less no, like no that's power, pushing it no both ways steering, no power <laughs> brakes and no working engine Damn. some good old-fashioned touring elbow grease man <laughs> well, that's awesome yeah so anyways that, that I, I won't give you any europe stories because i want to throw adam under the bus <laughs> yeah I've, I've heard most of those and i've told a few of them to the guys already uh <laughs> and it's definitely not i will know. say this you know to to, cre to credit of of you know partying bandmates everywhere it's an important skill to know that they'll get in the van when they need to get in the van <laughs> regardless of condition yeah <laughs> and as long as you have that 
everything else, you know, you can you can fucking anything. It's fine. Yeah. As long as you make it back by van call. The van wheels are up. (laughs) Yeah. As long as you make it to van call with your stuff, then then you're good. And there's still a story that we have to tell tell about that. (laughs) We're not going to tell that story until until the perfect time. Yeah, that's an episode of all. There's there's my story that's probably episode 100 story, and then there's... Steve's story that I don't know if told yet, and I don't know if he wants us to tell or not. So. Oh no, I, th- I think I think we already. We, did we already we tell that it? story? The uh, the embankment story. I, th- I think we I th- told Steve's story. Yeah, I think I think we told ours okay, already. We've been yeah. we've been saving yours for for quite a while. Right. Yeah, that's the episode 100 story. Yeah. Where yeah. my mom and his, my his relationship with him. Mom with the man and needs to be more can't secure. Listen to that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, you get in trouble. But it's always nice to hear. It's always nice to hear stories from other bands who are out there, you know, going through what what we've all went through. Because obviously we weren't there. But it's nice to know that uh, you know every band out there that uh, <laughs> every band out there has the same trials sometimes with with vehicle issues and yeah, and yeah. drunk bandmates. The road is a different world yeah. that a lot of people don't understand. Well, um, and it, you know, even traveling for work, you're going to a hotel and staying there for three days. That's, that's one thing, but and it runs we're, smoothly we're for going the to most part every single night. But when it gets fucked up, it gets really fucked up. <laughs> 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 like, that's, that's the thing. And that's why like, we just have more of these stories because we're out there doing it you know more often than normal like norm most of yeah. the world goes on you know one or two trips a year where they're traveling abroad or 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 nationally and like out of their home and their area yeah it's when well and every mile comes, and i think you just you put so much stress on your vehicle yeah um that you know and you drive it so many miles that's like just shit happens like i didn't know i didn't know anything about the about how an engine worked until I was like had to <laughs> fucking do van stuff. Yeah, until you, you know? put a couple hundred thousand miles um, on it and still need it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and yeah, and we actually I just sold our van um over the summer because we just had one more catastrophic breakdown on the last run right before everything shut down, and it was mm. like just clear that that van never wanted to drive a van a band around. And just at every turn, it just fucked us. That man hated our guts. Um, so yeah, I think every band has that too. With like some, like you, you want to love your van and you want to give it a name and you want to live in it and you want to make it yours. But there's like just some vans that just they don't they don't want to give back. They don't they don't want the same it's thing. Like it became like an abusive yeah. relationship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and we're the asshole. <laughs> Man, they just ride me all day. You don't really There's put... constantly four to six guys at me. Oh, that's terrible. Always yelling at me. Yeah, Steve yeah. made a really bad joke once yeah. on Instagram, and we made um, him take it down. Yeah. I didn't think it was that bad. It was definitely like on the line, though. Yeah. 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 Anyway. <laughs> well, Dan, yeah, it was oh. great talking but to I, you. But I feel like you can get a, your tolerance. Go ahead. Oh, that's fine. Oh, I was just gonna say, you know, your tolerance for pain gets higher 
And then you find yourself in these situations where people are like, you did what? <laughs> and yeah, you're like, I don't know, man. Yep. It's just like the way we do it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it all gets Well, then it, it, it's like drinking beer, too, because it's like drinking beer, too. Like when you get older, you drink less beer, right? Because you just your body can't handle it and you just want the hard stuff because you can just drink it. And the same thing with touring. It's like, you know, we, we've come home after like these past couple of tours and then people are like, Oh, what, what crazy thing happened? Like, what was the, what was the thing that like was just so crazy? And we're like, that actually went pretty, went pretty well. You know, like we're, we're all getting a little older and you know, we, we slept every night and played every show. And I think we're uh, kind of starting B to and, figure it out. And, uh... you, know, you know, there was that one night that, yeah. that Warren got, crazy wasted but he went to bed he didn't do anything stupid it's like it's like you know it's like getting to the point where you, you realize you're not you know 22 years old anymore and and you're done making those terrible decisions all the time mm-hmm. we still make terrible decisions but just not it's not as it's not as consistent as it used to be we just get back in the van now yeah yep yeah <laughs> But if we would stay yeah. places, then it would just turn into that. But now we're like, oh, we got to leave. We got to go back to the hotel. Okay, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Everybody back in the, everybody back in the bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, first yeah. off, we want to appreciate you coming on and uh, yeah, bro. telling Thank us you. your story and uh, hanging out with us this evening. It's good to see your face. It's good to talk to you uh, since it's been a, a while. And hopefully we can share the stage soon uh, when things kind of get a little bit more normal um, so we can do that. And uh, I know I haven't heard a Balto track in a while. And so I'm excited to, I think our plan is to play one. And so all our listeners can hear what, what Balto sounds like instead of just hearing the, the, the vocal face behind the tracks. And the, the bass all right. behind the tracks. Well, yeah, well, yeah and the bass because uh, Adam, Adam, of course, I've got mass respect for you. Yeah, so you if you've been uh, listening to the podcast, do it. <laughs> sorry, I think I think I think I think my uh, computer is freaking out because I don't think the timing is working out very well. So sorry if I keep interrupting or anything. But if you've been listening to the podcast, um, Henry's really good friend named Adam Ditt was on our podcast not too long ago. I think it was a couple weeks ago. And if you haven't put it together yet, he is the bass player of Balto, which is the band that Dan and him are both in. Uh, just to give a little reference on um, what we're about to listen to, because um, I know, you know, yeah, gotta gotta have some reference to it. It's good to know. And uh, we just want to be, you know, thankful for all our friends and fans and everyone out there that you know, is continuing to support us, uh, over the years and months and crazy times and good times and bad times. And, uh, well, we're gonna, we're gonna close out tonight with a song from our good friend, Dan featuring the almighty Adam Ditt on the bass guitar. So we just want to thank you guys all for tuning in to be safe and stay safe yeah. and love one another and be good to each other and get wrecked and click this all the links is- in the descriptions and go search more. <laughs> Yes, and love on Balto. Yeah. Give, give them all your love because they kick ass. Uh, this song is called Magnet Mind. Have a good one, people.
is stronger than me.